0: As a developer, you're probably going to find yourself in the role of teaching somebody something at some point. And perhaps teaching multiple people in kind of a classroom scenario. And you're going to find that that's not an easy thing to do. It's not a natural thing to do for everyone. And that's what we're talking about in today's episode of Developer Tea with Will Riley. This is another interview from the Squares Conference. My name is Jonathan Cottrell. You're listening to Developer Tea. My goal on this show is to help you become a better developer. I do that by giving you kind of this virtual coaching experience, but uh, also just learning with you, finding things that are interesting and that multiple developers are going through that other developers are struggling with. That's why we take questions from listeners and try to answer them in reasonable ways and and have these kinds of conversations with experienced developers working in companies like Will works at, Will works at Flywheel. Uh, You probably have heard of Flywheel local. Uh, Flywheel is a WordPress hosting service. And Will works as a front-end engineer at Flywheel. So I'm really excited to talk to Will on this show and I'm excited for him to share with you some of his experiences. And really thankful that Will took some time to sit down and talk with me at Squares. I'm going to get out of the way. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Developer Tea. I hope you enjoy my interview with Will Riley. I'm with Will Riley at Squares conference. Uh, Will works at Flywheel. He also did a panel, or not a panel, a workshop. I've done this twice now. Uh, mm-hmm. Will hosted a workshop here at at Squares, and uh, I asked if he wanted to come on Developer teeth So thank you for thank you for joining the show, Will.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Really excited to talk to you about a few things. Um, I was in the workshop that you did, the API workshop, as best practices of an API. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a we had a good discussion afterwards, and I think that uh, we can talk about some of that today, as well as some of the stuff that you do at Flywheel. And in fact, we we also talked before your your workshop about uh, you were working on some design system things, yeah. and you were discussing that with a, another person. I, I don't know how much of this you can uh, you can talk about you know publicly, but I know you're working on some of this stuff. So I, I'd love to talk to you. Let's start with that. Uh, yeah. What what do you do? What is your kind of primary job at Flightwheel?
1: So for me, uh, I'm a friend end engineer. And uh, so we've got a design team of three people, uh, Andrea uh, True, who's going to be talking at Circles next year uh, or yeah, this year rather. Um, and then we've got uh, Nick Chickenelli, who's here with me, um, and he's working on some of our other product uh, that we can't talk about. <laughs> uh, and then Adam Trabold, who's working on uh, uh, local and uh, also um, the app. So Very cool. uh, they design stuff. I translate that to code. Sure. And so we're working on a little bit of design system stuff, basically exploring it, like poking and prodding, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out like what that means and yeah. how to make it work yeah um, we just got out of a uh uh, uh talk at uh, uh squares um and i don't remember her last name uh and good uh Gudenhoser, i believe i may be wrong um anyways her talk is amazing she works at uh, project 202 um it's funny because the booth is like right there yeah (laughs) um so her talk was amazing and it helps like frame stuff
0: is that correct grundhofter yes yeah that's correct cool yeah so it helps frame stuff you said
1: it helps frame stuff because we're in the exploratory phase don't know what that really looks like so trying to understand some of those things her talk i really hope that it's available like Mm -hmm. the slides and stuff yeah um but man it was some of that stuff it was great it's really good.
0: Uh, this is, you know, this is constant conversation, and I think a lot of the the language around this is important, but it also becomes ambiguous depending on who you're talking to, right? So, uh, there's design systems, there's brand guidelines, there's design guidelines, there's libraries, like, there's... yeah, pattern libraries. All of these things end up becoming a little bit fuzzy unless you decide for your organization to use one term for one thing. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think that's super important. Um, uh, another interview we did on on Developer Tea was with Brad Frost. And we talked about some of this stuff.
1: Yes, atomic design is we use it and it helps. It really creates clarity in what things are responsible for what and at what spot in the sort of
0: stack. one of those. One of those common things that we say uh, all the time as developers is naming things. This is one of the hardest things that we do as developers, right? Yeah, um, we're basically creating you know, for lack of a better term but words are, are variables that our mind attaches meaning to. Yep. So we, we have these variables of pattern library. Well, what, is, what does that actually mean? And yeah,
1: and how can we make those variables like strong type? Because yeah. <laughs> That's good. it would be yeah. pretty nice. Right. Uh, the way that I learned to code was strong type. I like mm, that yeah. sort of. Uh, what pre- language was that? Um, I learned Java and okay. then yeah. I learned um, uh, uh, .NET and Mm -hmm. Microsoft technologies. Mm -hmm. Um, It just totally helped. I knew what was going to (laughs) fall into what, like what I expected to happen.
0: Um, I think so often we do, you know, if we're going to extend this metaphor, uh, our minds kind of use like like a, like a, uh, the Ruby type system, which is duck typing, right? It kind of sounds right. And it seems to work as long as we use it. And I can talk to you about it. So we're, I'm just going to assume that it's correct, right? Yeah. Rather than creating a very explicit definition for these things. And sometimes it's important to create that explicit, explicit definition. Maybe sometimes it's not. Uh, I think the important thing, though, the, or the most important part of it is understanding the difference, right? Like understanding that if we don't have definition for these things, what the possible uh, negatives or negative outcomes could be as a result of that, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I really want to set out to, like, at Flywheel, we have a design system, um, uh, and we have common ways of using uh, our pieces of UI. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 challenges that it's tough to test those things uh, yeah. right now, That the way that it's executed. So we're exploring that. Like, mm-hmm. how do we make it uh, more um, encapsulated, reusable, so that uh, the one of the key things that Anne said was... Um, Make it so that, for example, one department isn't redoing the same thing, like redoing buttons.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: N- n- let's share our code. It makes sense.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, something that uh, I remember uh, Brad said on that episode, going mean, we keep going back to that because uh, something he said that was so valuable, I think, was allowing ourselves to get away from the idea that redoing these things is somehow inherently valuable. Right. So the the concept being, uh, even though it may feel good to write solid CSS, right, or or whatever you're writing, uh, even though it may feel good to do that over and over because you know how to do it and it's very fluent. Right. So you, you find yourself in a state of, of kind of like a flow state because. It's, it still is challenging enough that it engages your mind, but you're, you're fluent with it, so you don't have to do a lot of, of new research for it, right? Um, that gives us this illusion of, of value that may or may not actually even be there, right? So if we can capture that value once and replicate that value without investing the time necessary to redo the same things, you know, retrace the same steps that we've traced in the past, I think uh some of it is a fear that we won't find something new and valuable to do, or that somehow you know that unique value that we provided that first time we can't you know translate that into a new objective, right?
1: yeah, and you kind of sink your time into something where uh like the designers know the brand they mm-hmm. uh at flywheel how do we say it um live live, eat. Uh, live eat and shit the brand so uh what that means is like you know it, yeah. it to your core right um that also does mean that there's uh the eating part that means that it can grow like yeah. we're always hungry so they're the designers understand when to start exploring with something maybe more complex or mm-hmm. something else like so how can we um reduce the time to uh, get to the spot that we can start that exploring. Yeah. Um, yeah. and there's, uh, uh, it's just, there's a lot of work to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the thing that you showed me yesterday, I'm not sure exactly, uh, you know, what, what tools you were using to build it. I know you said you you're using polymer, yes. you uh, but ultimately the thing that I loved about it was this left, the left side which I was paying really close attention to this because this is a very common thing that we have to do at, uh, in, in in the agency world as well. Yeah. To come up with, you know, how do we determine what variability we need to document for yes. a given for a given component or whatever you want to call it. Yes. So we have, you know, uh, the button. Let's take the button example. Uh, we talked about what things can change in a button, right? And you have those things in there. And then you had something like rules and a few other really interesting things. Yeah. you want to talk a little bit about some of the things you have in that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, we have three general, like, uh, this is my attempt at it. I don't know if it's right. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm actually, it's funny, I'm presenting this next week so that we can try to figure out, like, start to poke holes in sure. this thing. And I think it's going to help a lot of people, actually, to hear this. And yeah. I would absolutely love to have any feedback. So if... Anyone agrees or disagrees, like at me, I would love yeah. that on Twitter. <laughs> sure. Um, so the way that we have it are uh, uh, let me try to. So properties um, have properties, let's define that word, are all of our sites or apps or et cetera, products. Mm -hmm. Uh, Could be print even. Um, Properties are like app.getflywheel.com, getflywheel.com, which is our marketing site. Mm -hmm. Um, App.getflywheel.com is our our, uh, uh, dashboard for managing sites. Mm -hmm. And then we've got, for example, big one, local. Uh, It's a desktop app. Mm -hmm. Um, Those three things uh, are probably the most commonly understood uh, properties. Mm -hmm. So they're great examples. They kind of Designed, they're, they're designed and catered to different audiences, different personas. Sure. Um, and so, how do we capture the rules for those personas? Right. Or the way the, the term that I'm using right now, um, Jeff, who's another speaker, he introduced me to the word personas in design systems. And I was really interested in that. And I was like, hmm, I think that there's something there. So, I'm trying to, today, I'm playing with personas. So, those variants. Or personas um, they take advantage of systems and we've got a lot of systems and we list them um, and I will get to the UI stuff um, systems are like accessibility and color and uh, 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 type uh, how does how does type uh, uh, respond and and relate to other type when mm-hmm. it's um, in a kind of collection of stuff Yep. Um, Brad Frost's what molecules mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and then how do we variate those that need to be when they need to be for different markets, like marketing wants to be more friendly and open. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it needs more space between the H1 and the H3, for -hmm. example, like low level. Um, And then how do we take that? Those rules get the reasons, from the designers because we know we want to understand that what the validation is
0: yeah we want to
1: get some of that background knowledge like okay you're doing this for a good reason great Mm. um how can we uh get a list of all those rules and then apply them to the pieces of ui Mm. um and then lock it down to what uh the options are that you should be using so for buttons um or yeah buttons is a great example because on flywheel we have Uh, primary button state. It's got plenty of padding and you know that it's a call to action that is going to uh, help you like solve a problem or join something maybe like uh, uh, sign up for our affiliates program. There'll be a green button that says join. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, For secondary actions like uh, create a new backup, we have a blue button Mm. um, inside of the app. Um, yep. And that blue button is just like there are actions that don't uh maybe like create large things, or um I think the designers can uh, define this a little better,
0: um but uh, easily but, but, but. undone actions, typically. yeah, yeah, that I feel like thing. that's
1: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, secondary actions I think sure. that that mm-hmm. is a pretty i think a
0: comprehensive it's, way <laughs> of, yeah, yeah makes then sense. we have
1: tertiary actions, mm-hmm. which are outlines okay. um yeah. they have. Uh, like they're white uh, um, uh, they've got well we've I mean, got a gray border, circular, uh, gray type, all cap, and uh, same padding as the secondary uh, buttons um, so it's smaller, less padding um, and those tertiary buttons they're used on uh, all throughout the app and so we know that those patterns exist. We don't want to break them so how can we uh, say, you know, uh, For example, in the context of what I'm doing with Polymer, you can create your own HTML tags, a lot like a uh, React's uh, kind of HTML tag situation that's happening where you capitalize the first letter. But this is an actual um, HTML tag that's created from an HTML tag primitive sure. of mm-hmm. the browser. Yep. So you can um, register an honest new HTML tag. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We find that... I find that a lot more valuable because of reasons that I'll get to. But we are able to lock down uh, what should happen we can get those definitions from the designer, apply the rules, the systems to the pieces of UI, make sure that they fit all the, the criteria, all the rules and reasons, um, and then we can come into the UI and say, check, that is correct. Uh, we can put numbers behind the... Uh, implementation of the UI. Mm-hmm. Um, those numbers are, does it fit this rule? Great. Check. Yeah. That's 100%. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, uh, and then um, we put those on our properties. Uh, hopefully we share that code so that we don't have to rewrite it. Then the designers can start to explore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it feels like it makes sense, but we're using different terminology uh, sure. what yeah. what we pretty much led with like right. uh, properties i didn't hear that in ann's talk so mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that valuable is it going to be confusing not sure um and then systems maybe there are some systems that we're not defining right mm-hmm. these are good mm-hmm. questions i i don't know but yeah I'm working it through in my brain um are variants personas i don't know right right <laughs> so yeah. there's something there i yeah. think that could be pretty helpful
0: yeah, I think, you know, it it, it, it kind of depends on the team executing, right? Mm-hmm. So for for example in the agency world, we work with so many different brands mm-hmm. that you know, we we almost have to apply this concept in separate iterations, right? Is there something that we as an agency, and I'm not asking you for an answer on this, but is there something that we as an agency can take advantage of at that meta Scale right yeah. here. Uh, and, and maybe it's something like generating these things that, that we have to answer the questions. something I think that's super interesting in, in what you're talking about is um, this discussion of rules, right so the developers quite often we, we receive um, you know the, the average development shop is going to receive designs or design spec- specifications that they need to follow. Mm-hmm. But I, I really love this idea of pairing with that, the reason for the rule, right? Yeah. Which really is a, it's another way of talking about, about values, about, okay, we want the brand to be friendlier, right? Mm-hmm. And you could even continue that train of, of thought further up. Why do we want the brand to be friendlier? Mm-hmm. And so you ask that question, why, until you get to... Uh, you know, maybe a piece of research um, or maybe it's, this is just a, this is a brand value that we, you know, this is part of the brand, yeah. right? This, this is, this
1: really identifies with what we want to be like. What this. we've chosen. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And whether, whether there's data for that choice or not is sometimes irrelevant, right? It may just be that this is, this is all right. This is really what we want. Yeah. This right? makes us more whimsy. We yeah, just exactly. know it. We just yeah. like that. We, yeah. we want to do it. Um, And, and, you know, ultimately having those reasons allows you to be a more informed and intelligent developer and understand the, like the execution of the design. And when you do encounter situations, because this will happen, every developer knows that this happens, you're going to encounter a situation where you're at the edge of, of some design system where for some reason, some combination uh, of these of these elements, or some combination of these things that doesn't have drive. these rules, yeah, they have these rules wrapped up, but the reason is is invalidated, right? The reason is broken, and so the the driving purpose for the rule, you know, it's kind of like parenting. I have I have rules. I'm, I will have rules for we'll my have. children, <laughs> and uh you know, creating these rules for your children, it's like okay, well it's not the rule that matters. It's, it's the principle that I'm trying to teach the child. And if the rule ever overrides the principle, then the rule becomes useless, yeah, right? Yeah. And so knowing that full chain of reasoning, I think is, is ex- extremely valuable. And I think more development shops, more agencies and more companies like Flywheel adopting that full line of reasoning, you know, this is one of the reasons why the designer developer combo person has always been viewed as so valuable is because they can make these decisions that are not prescribed their, their dynamic decisions that, that rely on the full context. Yeah. Yeah. Really uh, interesting.
1: It is, it is. It's a hard problem to solve. Um, and I remember working at an agency and I would want to be able to, uh, there were, there were, s- because there were only three designers, I could pick up on their patterns. I understood what they were kind of intending to Mm -hmm. do, and I could reuse the things that they they would reuse in their designs because it would help them, it was effective, and they wanted to make sure that people uh, kept that um, sort of taught uh, experience when they're like clicking buttons, for example, outline buttons, or call to action, stuff like that, very simple things. the idea of reusability in uh, and, and and encapsulated components, especially that React has been pushing, I just love. I want to figure it out. Yeah. Um.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there. There's, There's a lot, lot there, there. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack, and I think you know every uh, every firm has the opportunity of defining this language for themselves. So it's it's a it's a worthwhile exploration. Um, I'm gonna sh- shift gears here. Uh, I, first of all, Flywheel bought everybody pizza here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flywheel <laughs> is is not technically a sponsor of Developer Tea, but today they are because I'm gonna eat pizza that yeah, they bought. Buddy. So, <laughs> super cool. Um, Happy and, to and help. Candidly, I also I, we use local. Uh, some of us have adopted it at at Whiteboard. I, I'm testing it out to see if I want to kind of make it a, a standardized tool that we use yeah. at, at Whiteboard. That's great. That's great. Uh, because it's built on, um, this is just an aside, but it, it's built on, on really strong technology, things that we trust already, right? We, we know that containerization is a good thing, for example. Yep. Right? It uses Docker. It uses Docker. And so we can shift our version of PHP or we can shift our version of MySQL per install if we want to and match you know something that that particular install needs, um, which you know, in our in our previous setup we had native everybody set up a native install of Apache, and we didn't use MAMP um, because that caused a bunch of problems. So we were we all have native stuff set up on our on our machines, and that works very well as long as you always have the same version of PHP and you always have the same version of Apache and you always have the same version of MySQL on everybody's computer and you also have all of those versions live, right? So, you know, whatever server you're using needs to conform to your local and your local conforms to the server and your whole team conforms to those constraints. Well, that was causing problems, right? Because when we had a new team member come on, they're going to install the latest version. And so now... They're ahead of us. They're ahead of the older team members. We had this weird situation where the older, you know, the longer you've been on the team, the more likely that your problems that your machine was going to have problems, yeah, right? Yes. <laughs> um. And, and this, oh, this, this this helps mitigate this, right? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. And, and now that's the the sh- the setup process is uh, for, particularly if this is for WordPress. Um. The setup process is clicks, right? Um, and I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not trying to expand this beyond the real value. Like it's, it is, it is a very simple tool that does a very good job. So we, we, I'm really, I appreciate the fact that Flywheel is giving this away. Um, yeah. So, so that's super cool. It it, it it is really cool.
1: I'm a developer and I still do uh, side gigs. I still have Uh, stuff that I work on Um, I can't talk about the project that I'm launching I think soon but it's WordPress Mm -hmm. and I use local um, and the uh, experience of setting stuff up is significantly quicker it's great because at Flywheel we we talk about this so much Um, it's like in our DNA which is great we really want uh, agencies and designers to have the simplest experience when working on their website. We care about their workflow. Yeah, um, we're not just a host, and we are a host, and we do very good work doing hosting. But we also really care about the experience of you working uh, with uh, designers mm-hmm. uh, uh, and and your client, and what that can, how you can move as fast as possible, doing the things that you absolutely love. Yeah, um, and local complements that in a, in a ridiculously good way. Like I want to code. I don't want to have to deal with what you're talking about, which are right. the system dependencies. Uh, when I had to use uh, vagrant, vagrant would just uh, just shut off,
0: yeah, which would yeah. be
1: kind of frustrating. It, was,
0: it felt like overkill. Always felt like overkill yeah, for yeah. me. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: So, we wrapped it up. Um, well, previously it was Prismatic, bought it, and uh, now we're going through some cool stuff. I'm, I'm really excited about yeah, it. I'm yeah, so excited I, about it. Oh, man. Oh.
0: Most of the mobile applications that you build, or really anyone builds, have a lot of similar functions. They have a lot of similar needs and they have a lot of similar uh, boilerplate code that you end up writing over and over and over again. Uh, This is usually a waste of time, but unfortunately it's still necessary uh, in most coding environments, most application development environments. And part of this is because application development environments haven't really changed for decades. Today's sponsor is helping change that landscape. Uh, Today's sponsor is Fuse. Fuse is a program that you install. It's a development environment program that you install on either Mac OS or on Windows, and it generates uh, a lot of that code that you don't have to necessarily care about. Uh, You're gonna be writing less code, but doing more with your product, focusing more on the application itself. This gives you time and energy to put towards things that matter more. Go and check it out, spec.fm slash fuse. Now, this all compiles down to native iOS, and Android applications so there's no performance concerns. Go and check it out. Once again, spec.fm slash fuse. Thank you again to Fuse for sponsoring today's episode of Developer T. I'm excited to learn more about how uh, some of the internals of, of local. Uh, there have been projects that I wanted to use it on. I would use it for Rails if I could, right? Like I, w- I would love to be able to manage containers through local and, and, you know, be able to have that interface for those kinds of things as well. Um, so maybe I'll have to send a, a couple of feedback tickets to, oh, <laughs> to for the, real. we, to we the listen to them. Team. I read yeah. them all the time. So. I believe it. I yeah. believe it. So, um, uh, like I said, I wanted to shift gears. I got off on the tangent about local, but the, you, you did this, this, uh, workshop yesterday. Yeah. And, you know, going into that kind of thing, I, I kind of want to discuss the experience of, of Building content for a workshop because I think a lot of developers are going to experience this, regardless of where you do it. I don't think you have to be, you know, planning to go and give a workshop at a conference necessarily. You probably will experience something like this in your workplace, right? Where you need to, uh, whether you're maybe you're a lead developer and you need to teach younger developers uh, uh, something. Uh, some part of your process or yeah, it's something new, or, or maybe you were, um, you know, doing something in your local community and, uh, you want to teach developers in your local community, whatever the purpose is building this kind of content is going to be, you know, teaching is a fundamental part of learning. Right. So, uh, I'd love for you to kind of discuss what you're, you know, leading into that, what you, what your ideas were, because you talked about building an API and you used, uh, node and, and express and uh, just kind of leading into that and then how things were different than you expected them to be yes. how they were the same yes. and then you know kind of your takeaways absolutely so um, I got contacted by ish probably
1: November or so yep. feels about right yep. uh, said hey do you want to do a workshop on APIs so I said absolutely that sounds a, like a lot of fun. Sure. Um, In high school, I worked on my very first API, and I started like consuming other APIs, so I knew what was happening. Um, uh, And so, going into this, I was thinking I would be able to uh, make an API, show the process of an API being created by, uh, or at least one endpoint. Let's talk about what the product was. Let me back up a little bit. Yeah, that that works. So the API workshop was to do a uh, social platform called RSpace. Very Mm -hmm. simple. Just capital R-S-P-A-C-E, RSpace. It's a social platform where uh, you can post a story Mm -hmm. and uh, you'll see a feed of all the stories. Dead simple. Sure. Um, And then uh, the... uh, collaborative aspect of the workshop would be to create the likes feature yep mm-hmm. so this is what i was thinking mm-hmm. i would do for the workshop um that i had really high naive hopes <laughs> i really hope that yeah. uh, this would work in right. this way yeah um, and it does sound like a great idea and i think it still can be executed uh just uh, we'll talk yeah so we'll hit on that in a minute <laughs> so uh i have a uh, repo of the Express, mm-hmm. uh, Node Express um, server that served the API. mm mm-hmm. Um, at the last minute I added Postgres as a dependency for everybody Yeah, that was a mistake <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we spent probably the first hour setting uh, some of those yep. things up but yep. then after that everybody had the node server working mm-hmm. you could go to localhost colon 3000 slash API slash stories slash one or drop the one and you get all the stories Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was great then uh, what I wanted to do was focus on these are the endpoints. Here's how you work with them. Mm -hmm. Now, how can we make endpoints that, like tangential? How can we make those discoverable? Sure. Great Mm -hmm. example are uh, the next page in a paginated list of stories. How can we get the next page? Well, you can add an options underneath, you can add an options array Mm -hmm. underneath the data array, which returns the stuff that the Mm -hmm. API you really kind of care about. Yep. Um, And the options is just like a, hint like, Hey, uh, here's how you go to page two. Yeah. Um, and it can, uh, cap out and it can say, Hey, there's no more pages, which is mm-hmm. great. That yep. can suggest that you don't have to, uh, uh, keep querying for some reason or another. Sure. Um, it also, uh, what I wanted to do was explain what options, the options header was because it was really for me learning API, uh, api's and design I looked at Flickr and they had really good documentation mm-hmm. um, and I learned that the options header while they didn't really use the options header the options header was intended for what does this API offer what are mm. the options I yeah. can use right um, I can I can act on mm-hmm. um, and so uh, uh, showed that um, I don't think it really hit which is okay. Yeah. Uh, it was right because we also had the cognitive load of learning javascript sure I think if Mm. I was going to redo this I would get rid of the javascript dependency right and just focus on the uh what what makes a good api and how can we how can we show that best right I think that there's some value in that um and then uh I'm trying to think what else what were the latter two questions
0: so I I think you know this kind of leads into just a discussion about it. Yeah. I, the I was in this this uh, this discussion, and I sat back and took it in because I thought it was so interesting to watch, mm-hmm. um, because the the variety of people in the room, yes, was was the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had students who and I'm going to call them students because it's kind of in this scenario. That's it makes sense. Are. Yeah. Um, students or customers or whatever that uh, they had, you know, a certain level of, of knowledge that was right at the cusp of just under. And it was enough that they could keep up and learn a lot. Right. So, and, and that's kind of what you want. You want as many people to be in that group as possible. And then you have people who are way to the left or way to the right of that as well. So people who had never, um, you know, never set up a node server, never seen an express app, never seen uh, ES6 template literals or whatever, uh, literal strings or whatever they're called. Uh Um,
1: What are those backticks in my JavaScript? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah,
0: I don't understand. Um, And and then even people who had never seen JavaScript, uh, much less, you know, and so I think walking into that, they had their preconceptions of what they were going to learn. In fact, everybody did, right? Everyone uh, sees a title and they see an abstract of, of a workshop like this, and they have a, a preconceived notion of what they what they should walk away knowing. Yes. yes. And part of your job as the as the teacher teacher is to anticipate some of those, um, but also some of it is to reveal some of those and and get them to be bought into that, right? And it was very, it was like a study for me in in sociology because it was so interesting to see the different breakdowns of people um, when one person would jump in and try to, you know, clarify or, or, yeah, uh, when they saw someone else struggling, right? There was this sense of tension in the room because you could tell that there was that disparity between the two ends of the spectrum. And it's, it's so, it's very, so you had a very, you were dealt a really difficult hand. I, I think I told you this yesterday, but. Uh, uh, it was. it's one of the hardest jobs to fit that much of a, a content piece in three hours, right? Uh, three hours, it feels long. It felt, felt like a long workshop. But ultimately, you know, when you have that large of a gap to make up, you're basically you teaching. take advantage of the time. Yeah, yeah you te- exactly. Yeah. You're teaching 10 different workshops is the idea, right? So for one person, the workshop is, how do I get Node installed? For another person, the workshop is how do I use JavaScript? Exactly. Like, yeah. What yeah. does that look like? And then for for the for the person who is caught up, it's uh, the options header, yep. right? That's the something actual new content. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I think it's it was very interesting. So, um, and you there. So to be completely clear, there was no way that you could have known who what those people were going into that, nope. right?
1: There was, and and that's okay. This was like yeah. one yeah. of the best learning experiences sure. I've ever had. Yeah. It was a bummer, which is okay. Like <laughs> right, right. That's, that kind of stuff happens. Sure. That, that's all good. Uh, but it was really good because I can, uh, I was even doing this in real time because I was like, how do I do this? <laughs> how do I adapt I was this? was like, yeah. <laughs> on yeah. stage, like, okay, let's see. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's great because I think, Something like this could be a great format for uh, Treehouse, for example. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or I could say, we're going to make an API, and we're going to use uh, Express. And at the end of that, then Mm -hmm. we'll say, here are the great things that you can do to make your API secure, uh, discoverable so that it complements uh whoever's consuming the API yep. and uh among other things authentication how do you handle that how do you deal with tokens and stuff like that right yeah um, which yeah. we didn't
0: get to get to sure yeah but we did end up getting to this uh to the liking and the uh deletion of likes and things like that and all that was extremely interesting and again you know as being one of the people in the room who had worked with javascript it to me was very transparent right the the javascript part of it was I think for other people, that's where it became opaque. Which again, this is this is a learning experience in teaching because understanding having a very clear picture of who you're who you are teaching and what they already know and what their goals are and what they're gonna get at the end of it.
1: What they intend to take away.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which which is very difficult. It's uh mm-hmm. you know, with a podcast, uh, it's the same thing. I, my job is to understand the people listening to this podcast what their ultimate goals are and uh and and how to how to create content that is going to be helpful to them um, without leaving a large portion in in the dust and It was very interesting actually I had a discussion with another person i uh, can't remember who it was, but they were also in in the api uh, uh, workshop with us and uh, they mentioned this idea that like there are there are certain like philosophies, not to get too deep on the subject, but certain certain philosophies about uh, um, you know the social economics of it. So, for example, you have one person in, in the class that takes five times as long to get set up. Let's say just this is not this will, this isn't true, but um, some one person in the class that's kind of dragging the rest of the class down. Uh, is it more correct to? Allow that person to fall back and continue forward. I don't think forward. so. I it's I think difficult. It's difficult. Right? Yeah. Um, but go ahead. I just I didn't mean that no.
1: Anymore. I we like there was there were a couple uh, individuals in the class who were uh, struggling, and that's yeah, sure uh, that's more than understandable. Right. Um. My gut, my, the way that I'm wired is yeah. No, I want you to be on the same page. I want you to experience this because right. I want all of us to have fun together. I yeah. want all of us yeah. to see this happen and. Yeah, so it was a three-hour workshop, for example. But um, so I don't want to interrupt too much because you're on a really great track uh, uh,
0: talking about teaching. So do you want to take it back up? Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, so essentially saying that the the there are some you know utility models, for example, of of teaching that uh, you have people in the room who could go very far, right? And then you have people, and this is, there's a lot of discussion around things like Common Core in the United States, and um, they, they center around these same kinds of topics, is what, how do you help maximize the the overachievers and help, uh, you know, assist the underachievers, right? Um, and just st- statistically, how can, where where do you draw the lines, and how can you create the right boundaries for those people, and how do you tell someone hey maybe this maybe this uh, workshop isn't going to go super well for you right yeah yeah um, because we discussed in, this
1: in retrospect that would have been helpful to be able to say the I think that the line that we're talking to could be solved with a word which is this is an intermediate sure
0: yeah, yeah. it's like a prerequisite right yeah you you might want to know these things yeah uh, and if you don't then you may feel behind yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but the, again, all these, all, everything is 2020 in hindsight. Yeah, right? it really it's, is. It's yeah, really difficult. Sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I enjoyed it very much because makes me grab again, grab. because uh, the the learning experience was great. I thought the content was fantastic, um, and and that. You know, given another hour, we would have gotten something really good. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, Yeah. I I look forward to future iterations of it and seeing where you go with it.
1: Definitely. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I I also appreciated it because everybody was real. They were honest. And it was great that they were so human and okay with watching me fail. Sure. Uh, That was cool. Uh,
0: (laughs) It didn't feel like a failure for from the audience perspective though yeah I I uh, hope so yes, I hope so sure yeah but I think
1: that the way that it was done I tried to handle it in yeah yeah the most considerate way right. possible right, I think it yeah. was I tried to present myself as I was there for them to help them yep. and even if this uh, uh, workshop ends at five you, we can still chat
0: sure Th- that's yeah. way okay yeah it's totally yeah. cool and that's what teaching is about that's yeah. It's really about finding, finding a way to help someone and, and enable them. Uh, So, and every, you know, I, I talk about this stuff a lot on the show, even though, uh, this is a developer show, um, so many people are going to experience the need to be able to teach, right. Or, or the, even the desire to be able to teach the opportunity to teach, um, and I'm so convinced that that teaching is such a essential part of what we do in this job, um, because this is a knowledge industry, right? So everything that we do is going to rely on the transfer and the multiplication of knowledge, right? Yeah. The, the sharing of knowledge. Um,
1: How can that stuff propagate faster as accurately as possible?
0: Right. Like yeah. that's that's yeah, that's interesting. And for someone who has knowledge, yeah, if they can find a way to teach it to get it out effectively. That's going to you know increase the, the overall capacity of the industry. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, it's not just a good hearted thing to teach someone. It is actually, actually a business kind of value. Important. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh,
1: it, this is funny. I learned to code from a person who left a big corporate job. Um, who's a, a, one of the best communicators I think I've ever met. Wow. Um, yeah. He decided to join and go to a public school to teach code and math. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, he was there for, I think, probably three years or so. Yeah. But him teaching me that Mm -hmm. uh, was interesting because he was considerate when people were struggling and trying. Yeah. And that kind of perspective, like, I
0: think, I hope, I try. Like to to embody that, yeah, yeah, yeah it really helps. Yeah, it really helps. So, other some takeaways on, on this. Uh, takeaways, yeah. Kind of some some homework takeaways. Mm-hmm. I think for people listening to the show is modify your perception of yourself just as an exercise. Take a few minutes and add teacher to your list of responsibilities. Think about who can you teach. Like, wh- wh- who are the people around you that you can teach? You know, sometimes I have this energy to teach and I have no one around me, but my wife (laughs) and so i will be like can I just show you this thing you know and and it really is kind of a almost a mental release for me to be able to to explain something to another person it helps me learn more completely but um this homework assignment is to is to give people the the expansion of their mind to say you're not only an executor right or an executive person you're not only producing you also could teach now imagine who who could you teach uh, I think that's an extremely useful um, opportunity for a lot of people. Yeah, I agree. So I have two questions I like to ask all the guests that come on the show. And I'm going to ask you these two questions mm-hmm. now. Um, the first question is, uh, what do you wish more people would ask you about? What topic? It, it, doesn't have, it doesn't have to be development. It can be anything.
1: Oh, wow. Gosh, that's a great, that's a great question. Um... And I don't know, really. What I want more people to ask me about is probably uh, what, what, uh, let me think. Um, this is always a
0: hard question, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so. How do other people answer this? Uh, some people talk about their hobbies. Some people talk about the one value that they find really important. Um, yeah. You know, some people make it very narrow and they say, I wish more people would ask me about how to create better passwords. I kind of think that
1: I wish more people would ask the kind of simple, mundane, like very, very day to day questions like, how was your day?
0: Yeah. I like those questions because
1: that is the entry point to uh, talk about attention. Yeah. And then resolve it. Huh. Yeah, uh, it's a really simple question too, right. and it also literally shows that you care about that person's day. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Actually, I kind of wish. Yeah, more often, um, more people would ask, "How's your day?"
0: Yeah, that'd and, be nice. And, and and be willing to hear something other than "It's fine." Oh, yeah. 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 Right. Oh yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a not just a. Uh, I think a lot of people end up in that in that scenario where mm-hmm. they they uh you ask this question more as a courtesy or but yeah. but uh ask it with intent and yeah it's not small talk yeah it's it's uh you're asking someone about the most important thing their time right yeah. so take it seriously yeah exactly it's yeah, good so hi if you, if you see if you see will at a at a uh, conference or if you i don't know visit flywheel or something totally uh, then, we're then in ask omaha him, super ask friendly him about his day
1: yeah, yeah. How was your day? Yeah. I how's, love it. How's
0: it going? Um uh, the second question I like to ask all the guests that come on the show is uh if you had 30 seconds of advice to give to all developers uh, which is a very broad group Wowza. But, yeah <laughs> uh, you know beginners and, and experienced alike uh, uh, what would you tell them?
1: Um uh take some time to value design. Uh, uh it's hard and you never are good at it. Uh I can say that for dang sure and i've worked (laughs) at design companies for a while now and uh take some time to value design look at what it means and then also take some time to uh explore psychology it's fun yeah Uh, and don't be an empath like deeply empathetic but be very empathetic to the people around you and understand mm, the yeah. struggles that they're going through. and, and also vote, <laughs> oh, please.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's yeah. good. Cool. <laughs> well, Will, thank you so much for for coming on the show and uh, and uh, offering your, you know. Tons of information and happy very to, good conversation about all the things we talked about. Thank and you thank very much. And thank
1: you for being an amazing host and also like uh, it's is it Spec or is it a longer name? Uh, no, spec, spec FM. Is,
0: spec is right. Yeah, Spec FM. Uh,
1: I love every podcast that mm-hmm. you guys do. Like I'm a sucker for does not compute. <laughs> nice. I'm a sucker for design details. Very cool. Uh, my buddy uh, Nick Chickenelli, he's uh-huh. here.
0: Uh, huge y- fan. You of... guys do great stuff. Oh, thank you, really you so do. much. I really <laughs> appreciate that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Developer Tea. And thank you to Will Riley for joining me on the show, uh, stopping by and talking to me at Squares. I really enjoyed my interview with Will. I'm sure you all did as well. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you again to today's sponsor, Fuse. If you have been developing apps for any longer than a year or two, then you know Uh, that the development environment hasn't changed very much, but that's what Fuse is doing. They're changing that so that you can write a little bit less code and instead focus a little bit more on the product. Go and check it out, spec.fm slash Fuse. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Developer Tea. If you don't want to miss out on future episodes and future awesome interviews with people like Will, go ahead and subscribe in whatever podcasting app you use. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, enjoy your tea.